Hey everyone, and welcome back to Three Friends Roast Movies. I'm Caleb. I'm Benji. And this week we are joined by our friend Katie Hughes. Say hi, Katie. Hello. Katie, what is your favorite frozen dessert? Um, I think it would be Froyo because the first time I went, I took an Instagram picture and got a ton of likes, and that was the best part of that experience. Nice. Okay, now the kind were you for it yourself or were they do it for you? Oh, I did it myself. It was a masterpiece. Nice. It was beautiful. Nice. Well, thank you for joining us on our show today. We have some incredibly bad movies to review we got to uh, enjoy a terrible movie together santa claus conquers the martians which we will talk more about later on the episode but let's get into our first segment face Face value value. all right for our first movie in face value we are going to be looking at the movie the thing with two heads and this is what the poster looks like Mm. oh (laughs) so right off the bat we have a man with two heads. <laughs> and that's basically the star of the poster. Right. There's a cop and some surgeons doing some kind of surgery on a woman in the corner. I think that's I think that's the guy with two heads. Or the <laughs> I would have to say that that is with two heads. That is the guy with two heads. <laughs> or maybe they're talking about a different guy with two heads. Who knows? That could be like the B plot. There is a woman getting surgery. She's had a lot of back issues, and she's gonna get that taken care of. Or maybe no, the the person with two heads is the surgeon. You know, he's super smart. One can take a nap while the other one does surgery, and that's how they can switch <laughs> on and off like true. that. That's true. Although. Upon closer examination, it's definitely the thing with two heads having surgery done with it. <laughs> Not a woman. There, okay, one interesting choice I think that was made is that one of the heads is black and one of the heads is white. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's yes. very progressive, especially because this movie is from like the 70s. Mm-hmm. So kudos to them for that, I guess. Um, Katie, what do you think that this movie is about? Um, I think that this movie is about... Um, Two people that end up conjoined because of some like weird science, maybe med school experience, because we've been talking about doctors a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that they're conjoined, and then at first it's like bad roommate situation where one of them is an early bird and the other one's a night owl, and then they just get into hijinks together and they fight. And then they try to put tape down the middle, but it doesn't work because the middle is like their body and um, the tape doesn't stick very well. So then they have to go to couples counseling. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And that's just like, is that the, is that part of the movie plot? Is that like act three? I think that is act two and act three. The The most of the movie is them getting couples counseling. Yeah, I think the setup is probably done as like a montage or narration sort of thing. And then the rest is literally just them in couples counseling. Right. It's more like a backstory than the actual like. Exactly. Right. It's a character movie. It's a character piece. Okay, so... I, I would rather see your movie if it counts for anything. Here's the storyline. <laughs> a rich but racist man is oh, dying. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can rich... I say good <laughs> that he's dying? <laughs> it's, I mean, just wait. A rich but racist man is dying and hatches an elaborate scheme for transplanting his head onto another man's body. His health deteriorates rapidly and doctors are forced to transplant his head onto the only available candidate, a black man from death row. (laughs) 
Is this the prequel to Get Out? <laughs> it's like a spiritual ancestor to it. Um, yeah, this movie... Now, it doesn't sound great, but from what I've read, it actually has some pretty insightful commentary on, like, you know, racial profiling and things mm-hmm. like that, which, you know, good for it. Especially because um, there are cops on the poster. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't... I'm not even going to try to say that this movie does a good job because I haven't seen it and I don't want my opinion <laughs> attached to whatever this movie is. Um, but that is the plot of the movie. Um, it's also known as The Beast with Two Heads, as I'm reading here, uh, from 1972. So, probably don't watch it. Now, I have a lot of uh, it's PG, though. social commentary that I could say about this movie, but I'm going to refrain to avoid getting too political about yeah. this. That could be its whole other episode. Yeah. That'll go in, like, our sister podcast, Three Friends Talk Politics. <laughs> <laughs> Toxic. <laughs> Toxic. All right, our next movie is Pottersville, and this one's from 2017. Okay. Um, that doesn't do it any favors, though. Here's, <laughs> here's the poster that we have to go off of. So right off the bat, Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of people standing around. It's very snowy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is a, a actually a sequel to It's a Wonderful Life. I would say so. And yeah, I definitely think that it's like um, that alternate reality if Pottersville was a thing that happened because that was like a plot device in It's a Wonderful Life. And so um, I think we got like a Back to the Future Part Two sort of situation. And this is just what it would have been like if Pottersville continued. And mm-hmm. we get to see it. You know what? I am going to have to agree with you. Except that... Is that actually what it's about? No. Oh. Not even a little bit. <laughs> it is so much more <laughs> incredible than you could possibly imagine. So, uh... It, I, to my is this a Christian movie? It is not. Okay, not I thought it was going to be like a God is the potter and we are the clay thing. No. And that would have been very bad also. You can't even possibly <laughs> be prepared for what's about to come. Okay. Maynard is a beloved local businessman. Who? who is, uh, May- Maynard? Who? Maynard? Maynard? Okay. Uh, <laughs> M-A-Y-N-A-R-D. All right. Who plays Maynard? Maynard? All yeah, right. who's the actor that plays him? Uh, it is... Michael Shannon? Okay. I don't know who that is. I don't watch movies. Maynard is a beloved local businessman who was mistaken for the legendary Bigfoot during an inebriated <laughs> romp through town in a makeshift gorilla costume. That has to affect the, your self-esteem. <laughs> sure. I mean, to be fair, he's in a gorilla costume. Yeah. The sightings set off an international Bigfoot media spectacle and a windfall of t- tourism dollars for a simple American town hit by hard times. I don't know what kind of white wow. privilege Any that thoughts is. From anyone? <laughs> That's quite the opportunity for the little yeah, town. Yeah, right. He literally. I don't know why Christmas is involved. I'm sure it's like <laughs> somehow relevant, but like clearly not important enough to get mentioned. And also, the poster doesn't make any sense. It just says, "It says Pottersville. It's a magical life." Like, unless this person, who's admittedly has no credibility to my knowledge it's just some guy in imdb like if that's the a plot what does christmas have to do with it see i still think that we are correct in assuming it's the alternate reality for it's a wonderful life um that could just be a minor detail that is true in this movie it just isn't super relevant to the plot that's true i mean maybe like yeah maybe it's just one of those movies it's like during Christmas, like Die Hard, yeah. like yeah. 
it's a Christmas movie because it happened during Christmas. Yeah. But yeah, no, like reading into it, it seems that he, like Christmas is really irrelevant, and the main a plot is about him being mistaken as Bigfoot. Maybe in Pottersville they have this um, holiday gorilla tradition. And that's why he was dressed mm. up in a gorilla suit, and that's why it's relevant to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was doing some sort of party, like that's his yeah. business. So if it's traditional, do you think they've had this kind of incident before? Where they're like, we need to stop thinking it's Bigfoot every <laughs> single time the Christmas gorilla walks through town. It's gotten out of hand. We've had too many people shot with tranquilizer guns. <laughs> All right, on to our next segment, segment two. Who Who wants wants to to be be a a cinephile? cinephile? So if you haven't seen this show before, we will be using the past two movies that we just talked about, and Katie will have to guess from a set of four quotes which one is actually from the movie, and hopefully she won't pick one of the ones that just come from my mind. Okay. So, our first movie, The Thing with Two Heads. First quote. He was born with two heads, one incredibly beautiful and intelligent, while the other ugly and stupid beyond belief. I should have read the synopsis to this movie before writing these quotes. Next quote. The reason you don't understand, Doctor, is because you're a bigot, a bigot of the highest caliber, and because of that, you have underestimated me and my intelligence. (laughs) Next quote is, Back, you beast. I can't bear to look at your hideous form any longer. Or... So what if I have two heads? I've also got dreams, aspirations, goals, and by God, I will accomplish them. I feel like that last one is a little autobiographical for you. You know, like, <laughs> yes, I one. got those dreams, even if no one else believes in me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the real one is the second one. The one about being a bigot? Yeah. Yeah, that's the real one. <laughs> of the highest caliber. Of the highest caliber. And, like, I know that, like, these quotes are written in IMDb by real people, but I just love that, like, the way they... <laughs> They the first time it says bigot it's like whatever and then the second time it's like surrounded by asterisks and it's bold and it's like <laughs> he like really went for it. We're back. We'll just cut that <laughs> part out. All right, next movie Pottersville. Mm-hmm. I want to be your fuzzy little Joey. Oh no. <laughs> That's <the> last. <laughs> How do you possibly transition from that? That's the last time I'm ever touching that costume again, especially not when I've had a drink. Okay. What if we shoot it and it turns out to be a person, our neighbor even? Or I've been searching all my life for the mysterious creature, and now that I've found him, he's more clean-shaven than I expected. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a real one, right? You're picking one that's a real one, yeah. The one that's actually from it. Uh, Ah, let's go with the third one. The, see if they've learned what if we lesson. shoot it and it turns out to be a yeah. person or neighbor even? I'm sorry. The real quote was, I want to be your fuzzy little Joey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. He I was can't hoping, make this stuff up. I was hoping that they would have some sort of common sense, some sort of thought process <laughs> right. behind the plot. But, um, but, no, but it, my optimism was misplaced. Yeah, definitely misplaced. But I appreciate that you were willing to like think that this movie was like able to accomplish higher than that. Yeah. All right, on to segment three, Screens Screens from from a Hat. hat. So in this segment, we're going to give you a genre, a conflict type, and a potpourri, something that you just have to, you know, throw in there. And it will be your job to come up with just a quick movie plot that uses all of these things. So, are you ready? Yes. Your genre is documentary. Nice. Your conflict type is man versus self. Fun. And your potpourri is a haunted painting. Haunted painting? Has to somehow be involved. Okay. 
A documentary, Man vs. Self, A Haunted Painting. Okay. Um, I think this is a documentary about an artist. Um, I'm going to make it Woman versus Self, if, if that's okay. Oh, for sure. All right. So this is going to be Woman versus Self. And um, I think she's trying really hard to paint uh, a haunted painting. <laughs> she's trying she to paint needs, a haunted painting. Yeah, she's trying really hard because that's how she gets her sense of self-worth. Mm. She can't really figure out um, how exactly to make it haunted. So she's been trying a few things. <laughs> that is the hardest part. Um, but oh, she boy. does have some emotional things to overcome mm. through this. You know, she's got a lot of self-doubt and that's what is really holding her back. Um, and so I think at the end of the documentary, it does show this haunted painting that um, would reside in one of the Disney World resorts. Mm. And that's a conclusion to it. And so wow. it just like the last shot is like a pan out and it just shows like maybe some kids run past like Mickey ears yep. and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's in Disney World. Yeah, Mickey Mouse like walks into the frame of the painting and, mm-hmm. then, and like the, the character of the haunted painting just chills with Mickey Mouse. Mm. And so what is the painting of? Um, I think it's fruit, but fruit, but it's like clown fruit. So it does have that like clown aesthetic Mm -hmm. to it. So it is a little bit more ridiculous and kind of unsettling because seeing anything in its clown version is just not great. Yeah. That's really what the conflict was. She had this huge fear of clowns. She's like, oh, I really need to do this this haunted clown uh, fruit painting. So, you know, you get the traditional bowl of fruit with the grapes and the bananas and stuff like that. But there are like squirty flowers and bow ties involved. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I know that to make this painting haunted, it needs to have clowns in it Mm -hmm. or like clown themes in it. Yes. But she was too held back by her own fear. Exactly. She overcame it. I love that. What's the movie called? Going Bananas. Nice. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Going Bananas in theaters soon. Or is it? There you go. (laughs) All right. On to our last segment. A A case case analysis of the beer B-rate cinematic collection. Nice one. That was maybe one of our better ones yet. So, this week, Katie, you were so kind as to join us in watching Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, Mm -hmm. which was, I mean, as any of us would say, brilliant, first of all. Yeah. The social commentary was was so poignant, Mm -hmm. pointed, poinsettia. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. You know, other... Other adjectives. Um... So, kind of help me recall the plot of this, because I was just so unengaged for most of it. Um, so we open up in Mars. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In Mars. Yeah. To some... Wait, no, no, no. First it was the news station interviewing oh, right. Santa. So we got a glimpse of Santa's mm-hmm. workshop, and he's universally accepted. Yeah, he's just real in this universe. Well, I mean, he's real in this universe, too. But yeah. Yeah. In, you yeah. Know, but he's, like, you know, just very accessible, at least. He is a public figure. He's mm-hmm. Twitter verified in this universe. Mm-hmm. And so we get this, like, kind of all-knowing narrator newsman kind of mm-hmm. guy who I think just represents, like, big media. Yes. And he uh, is interviewing Santa. And then we cut to, we, we see Martian children, very mm-hmm. sad Martian children. They are very sad and unhappy. Mm-hmm, watching this broadcast. And it's clear that they want what they can't have. Santa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't we all? Christmas. I mean, amen. Yeah. Um, and so... There is so much meaningless exposition that happens, mm-hmm. but you know the main kind of plot 
in this movie is that the Martians, you know, apparently some higher ups in the Martian government or whatever, go to like this mystical forest and they summon this elder and they're like, how do we make our children not sad? And he's like, easy. Christmas. Yes, it was this very, very old man. Mm -hmm. And it's like weirdly specific. Yeah. You're like waiting for him to die, mm -hmm. but you also didn't want to see it at the same time. Right. He's like, why must you summon me again? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I told you last time, the secret is Christmas. <laughs> so they're like, okay, yeah, Christmas. Well, some of them are. Mm -hmm. And then one of them is like, no, I want our children to be sad. Yeah, you could tell he was a villain because he had a mustache. Like a comic mustache. It was like comically large mustache. Right. It's like like Mario level like. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it looked like. Yeah, or like um almost a little bit like Stalin style mustache. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. That uh, Mario Stalin style. And so basically his commanding officer is like that's an order. We're stealing Santa Claus. That's final. Mm -hmm. So they fly to Earth. Yes. And I don't remember what happens next, so <laughs> take it go, away. They, uh, they go to New York City. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And they're momentarily like tripped up because they all look out of their telescopes and they're like, I see Santa, he's next to Macy's. And they're like, no, I see Santa, he's outside the thrift shop. I have to say, in the movie's defense, that was actually a pretty good joke. Like, I know. That was a joke that you came up with I know. before and I was we like, saw it. <laughs> right. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> so that was, yeah, so they go... And eventually, I guess they find the real Santa, right? They're like, mm -hmm. oh, North Pole, we're in the wrong... Like, because they kidnapped the two children. Before. Yes. Oh, they found right. some kids, and they got it out of them where Santa was, and then they went to the North Pole, and they just took them... With the children. Like, yes. they went to the North Pole with the kids. Yes. So they take the kids, whose names I don't remember, and they take them... Billy, Billy and Betty? Billy and Betty? <laughs> I'm <laughs> so impressed that you remember that. <laughs> Because they could not be more forgettable names. It's the most generic names possible. <laughs> so they take Billy and Betty to the North Pole. Um, they find Santa. They, in kind of a jarring and unsettling sequence, um, freeze his elves and mm -hmm. then also his wife. Mm -hmm. um, oh, this isn't important to the plot, but I just thought it was weird. Santa's not wearing gloves in this movie. <laughs> You never really like realize ever. you never really realize how like essential the gloves are to the whole Santa look <laughs> until you see his like bare hands and, you're and like, arms. He had his like he had his jacket rolled up to his right. elbows. It was very weird. <laughs> Just like I don't like seeing his hands. No. Anyway, um, what happens next? So they they freeze him or freeze his workers. They mm -hmm. freeze his wife. They steal him. Mm -hmm. And bring him up onto the ship. Yeah, it's a lot of like putting the kids in their Martian jail and then they escape and then I think they try again and they escape and Santa escapes. So it's a lot of people <laughs> being in jail and then escaping and mm -hmm. honestly there's not much else to the right. plot and like, other than that. The plot is like driven too by this one Martian who they clearly don't like. Like the Martians don't mm -hmm. like. He's very outcast because he's like... Just, I he's guess, like the fool. Cheerful, right? He's like Dropo. cheerful and kind of drop. Yeah. <laughs> he he like is like you know kind of you know like a moron. Yeah. And he just does everything wrong. The they don't like him. Right. Yeah. Um, and so he, for whatever reason, they're like, yeah, we'll give this incredibly important job of watching the children and Santa to Dropo. <laughs> And so he, like, is bad at his job, so he, like, loses them a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. um, 
eventually a whole lot happens in the middle that really doesn't matter and they bring uh santa to the martians back mm-hmm. to mars um and introduce him to the martian children and weirdly santa is very like cavalier with all of this like he doesn't really care that he's been kidnapped he's just like yeah. he's just really happy to be spreading christmas cheer to like joyless children yeah he doesn't really show a lot of emotion um which led us to believe he might have been depressed a little bit right yeah um, it was just a little sad to see santa in this shape yeah and the good news is that he meets the martian children the martian children laugh for mm-hmm. the first time ostensibly ever mm-hmm. um and then there's a very weird sequence that I had to look away because <laughs> oh. it was it made me too uncomfortable where that evil Martian from before who didn't want them to experience Christmas tries to like I don't know kill the kids in Santa or yep. at least detain them somehow and um no it was murder it was murder murder on his mind yeah and so the kids and the Martian kids and Droppo I think like just start throw oh and Santa mm-hmm. um start like just throwing like bouncy balls and like frisbees and bubbles and like, yeah, like squirt the guns and, and planes. <laughs> well, I have to edit your summary for a second okay, because yeah, Santa was not involved in attacking this Martian. He was overseeing it and laughing his creepy ho 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 laugh while these children attack this grown man. His laugh Martian. was like haunting. It was like the soundtrack to this <laughs> very like choppy and like rough shot sequence where it's just like these very intense angles like very angular lighting Mm -hmm. it like kind of had the same energy as like when like in Willy Wonka the kids are going down the (laughs) tunnel but like almost a little bit more chilling because at least like Willy Wonka is there like dialoguing while it's happening in this one Santa Claus is just like looming over them (laughs) laughing his jolly laugh as like this guy is screaming in agony is like they're you know whatever um and ultimately, I think the resolution of the movie was just that the kids are now happy. They now know what Christmas is. Mm-hmm. Now Santa and the kids can go home. Yeah. And we're never shown the kids reuniting with their parents. Nope. Um, and it's definitely been days at this point. I mean, yeah. from Earth to Mars is no short trip. That's months. Yeah. I mean, like, their spacecraft were not shown to be very advanced. Like, they Mm-mm. were pretty primitive. Yeah. So I can't imagine that those kids were just, like back before sundown like right. it's been months <laughs> imagine the grief that the parents have had to go through yeah and now they just come back and they're like we were in mars what can we say <laughs> at least it was on the news yeah right that's true, that's true. the, the ever present <laughs> eye of the news do you think they just come back and they're like sorry mom and dad i had to go teach the martian children about christmas so that they could be happy I think they could use that as an excuse for the rest of their life. Yeah, right. Like, if they wanted to, you know, like, not be home in time for dinner, they could be like, oh, man, we got kidnapped by those Martians again. We just got back. You know, my (laughs) mind went to a different place where their parents were like, what were you thinking? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, do you want me to go get kidnapped by Martians again? (laughs) Like, you should be happy I'm only five minutes late. I could be six months late like last time. Also, another thing that wasn't really important to the plot but maybe it was, is that all of the Martians' food is in pill form. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Which, like, <laughs> I would be really sad, too, if all my food was in pill form. And it's just never addressed. I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe introducing Christmas to them can help a little. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
that's not a year-round permanent solution, like fixing your food situation. Yeah, there's definitely some uh, cultural changes that could be made. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a robot involved in the oh, kidnapping yeah. of uh, Santa Claus, and he never comes back again. But I would like to hear more about his backstory. Um, right. So if there is ever follow, yeah, yeah. He, he, a lot of like the programming stuff that they talked about so i would definitely like to see a follow-up with the robot yeah. what would the sequel to this movie be called i think that would also be a man versus self robot thing yeah yeah i think it could be him like partially becoming a, like a real person uh, oh so okay. like a, so maybe like it's a martian not... pinocchio situation mm -hmm. so maybe it's not a direct sequel to santa claus conquers the martians maybe mm -hmm. it's like a sister movie yeah you know that's in like in the cinematic universe Martian robot conquers humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one robot yeah. all by himself. I wasn't even, he did it. Know, I don't know a better way to word that because I don't think he tries to enslave humanity. He just tries to learn about okay, it. Okay, I got you. You know, yeah, like he conquers sense. the idea of humanity. <laughs> Martian robot conquers the idea of humanity. That just sounds like a headline. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our show, Katie. This was so fun. Join back with us next week for another episode with a new guest. As always, thank you for watching and joining us for some more B-Rate Movies Extra Crispy. See you guys. See you. Bye.